This podcast is sponsored by Doritos. Tyler, have you tried these Doritos loaded yet? What? I haven't seen these before. Well, what do you think? <laughs> 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 the nacho cheese snack for the bowl. Doritos loaded. Get them at 7-Eleven and only at 7-Eleven. The time of the interview is approximately 12.30 p.m. on April 6, 2022, just four years after their previous injuries. Now, let's get to the interview. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Bad Timing, from the people to the people where we conduct interviews. Sit back and relax and listen to guests sharing catastrophic events of how they went through the woods. I'm your host, Tucker Kennedy, a former football and basketball professional player. And ever since I retired, I've loved listening to other stories about the struggles in their life that are similar to some of them seen in both basketball and football in my time. In this episode, I've gathered here with me three people with three inspirational stories. Paige Rob, Eric LeGrand, and Jessica Carlisle, who have overcome great issues in their life. Paige was sadly infected with HIV as a kid. Eric got paralyzed in a near football collision, and Jessica got her leg amputated after a bus collision. Now we speak with our guests to find the real truth behind these terrible events. Hello, Paige, Eric, and Jessica. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Just trying to live life fully after what happened a couple years ago. But I'm super happy. I just stopped at McDonald's and got a McFlurry with M&M's and Snickers. That sounds delicious. How did it taste? It was like heaven in a bottle. All the chocolate flavors combined perfectly. And to top it off, I got the gooey, delicious taste from the Snickers and the hard and crunchy chocolate taste of the M&M. Well, that is awesome, Eric. Well, let's see how the other guests are doing. Well, for me, I'd say life's pretty great right now. I've had lots of great opportunities to share my story with many people all over the country. Being able to talk to kids who are going through something similar to what I did makes me very happy. Sounds inspirational, and I'm glad you are connecting with other kids going through the struggle of HIV. How about you, Jessica? I'm doing quite well myself. You know, just trying to get around, again. I also can't wait to tell you guys my amazing recovery story behind my traumatic experience. Always remember, never stop believing and be positive with everything, good or bad. But yeah, anyways, life is the same with my new leg, and I love it. Yes, sounds like life is doing, going great for all of you. But to start off, would you like to tell us about your backstory? Well, I was infected with HIV at birth. Growing up, my mom kept my HIV a secret from me until I was the age of 12. Soon, my whole school found out I had HIV, and I was bullied into depression. I struggled to make friends, and it was hard for me to keep my grades up. I dropped out of middle school because the bullying got so bad. I felt helpless. My mental health became so bad. I overdosed on my mom's pills in an attempt to end my life. I spent the next few years of next few months of my life in a stress center where I met new friends and I learned more about myself and my HIV. I also attended a summer camp called Camp Kindle. Here, I felt as if I fit in and I finally found the people that I felt comfortable with. Once I started high school that year, I became more comfortable in my school with the people around me. I am so sorry to hear about that. But I'm glad that everything worked out in the end. But can you explain what HIV is to the people watching? HIV stands for Human Immune Deficiency Virus. This means that there is a virus in my body that is attacking my immune system. Many people confuse HIV with AIDS. But if the number of the CD4 cells in my body falls below 200 cells per cubic millimeter of blood, then the HIV is considered AIDS. But there is no cure for HIV, although I take medicine every day to help prevent it from turning into AIDS. That is very inspirational, and I love hearing about that. How are you doing today, Jessica? 
Um, I was a junior in high school on my way home from track meet where I finally beat my personal record for the 400 meter sprint. A few of my track fans and I were located in the middle of the bus where soon was later hit by a drunk driver that had lost control. The momentum from the car had pushed the bus onto its side. I felt a very sharp pain in my right leg and the world went black. I woke up to some paramedics carrying me into the ambulance and then the world went black again. I still remember waking up in the hospital bed. I had no clue where I was or what I was doing there. My right leg was in so much pain and I was covered in IVs. The doctor came in and told me everything. I was speechless and started crying. Dang, that must have been a very traumatic experience. But what were you thinking when the doctor told you that they would need to amputate your leg? I was thinking that my life was going to be miserable and that I would never be able to play sports again. I was very sad and I had no idea what to think or say. So I just started to cry again. That must have been terrible because I knew if I got that news, I would lose my mind. How are you doing, Eric? Ever since I was a kid, I was the biggest and fastest in my class. I played all three sports in Avail, New Jersey, from playing Pop Warner football to this to being a senior in high school. I've been a hard worker, following my beliefs, and always doing my best. I've always loved playing football, basketball, and baseball, but I've really felt a very strong connection to football, the way that you can tackle and hit people for fun in an entertaining way. I was a great player growing up, and I even moved up a year because I was too advanced for the kids in my grade. And kept pushing myself and working hard that I got offered a Division One scholarship my freshman year in high school. I got to play for the varsity team one game, and Ruggers saw how I moved and tackled, and they believed that it was enough for a scholarship. The rest of high school, I just worked on focusing on football, gaining more muscle, and losing enough weight to become a linebacker. After some tough years in high school, I got to go to Ruggers College. But unfortunately, I was told that I would be a lineman instead of a linebacker. I would have to go up against 360-pound linemen trying to get to the quarterback. For years up to that moment, I tried to stay positive by encouraging my teammates and listening to what my coach said. I eventually got moved to the kickoff team a couple years after I was uh, converted to linebacker, or lineman, and I was fast enough to get downfield and, and big enough to make a huge tackle. Unfortunately, it was the game where we played Army at MetLife Stadium where my life would change forever. What happened during that game that made it change your life? Well, I was running downfield on a kickoff, and I was going to tackle uh, Malcolm Brown when I collided between two blockers, causing my head to dig into my stomach when I tackled Malcolm Brown. I therefore broke the bone in my spine, causing my nervous system to shut off not allowing me to move, and I still have nightmares of what could have happened if I didn't go for the ball. I am so sorry to hear about these things that you guys have occurred. No person should ever have to go through these things in their lives. It's okay. So what have you guys done? had to go through? Like, was anyone there to help you, or were people bringing you down? Well, I think for me, my biggest struggle was not being able to achieve the goals that I had previously set for myself. I had always wanted to be on the cheer team and the soccer team, but my positive HIV status and constant bullying weighed me down. My mother was my biggest supporter through all of this, and I can't thank her enough. I'll never forget the game where I was sitting on the bench and my coach mentioned my HIV. After the game, she told me we could use my HIV as an advantage because no one would want to stand by me. This diminished my self-confidence, and soon after that, my mom decided to pull me out of school to homeschool me. This made my mental health much worse because I felt lonely and I felt as if I had no one. This is really crazy, and I have read somewhere that about 74% of young children are affected by bullying in terrible ways. 
Yes, lots of people experience bullying all over the U.S., and it is terrifying to even think of all the helpless kids out there suffering from being made fun of. Indeed, that is a truly and terrifying fact that we all have to face. Well, I thought after I lost my right leg up to my knee that I would not able to run or walk ever again. Thankfully, my mom, my best friends, Fiona and Rosa, and my boyfriend were all there to help me get through it all. Surprisingly, no one really brought me down or was making fun of me. They all were encouraging and super supportive. I'm thankful for all of them because if I did not have them, I probably would not be, I probably would not have healed so quickly. Was there ever any time when you ever had doubt of running again? Sadly, yes, because once I finally started to gain strength in my leg again, I decided to attempt to run and it did not go very well. I told myself I would never be able to run like I used to before, and I probably would never be able to beat my 400 meter sprint ever again. Yes, those are definitely two terrible things that you guys have had to experience. But what about you, Eric? How was being paralyzed? Like, Well, after I got paralyzed, it was really hard at first to really understand the feeling of it, and I had to face the fact that I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't even walk or even catch a football. I couldn't even go to the bathroom or move my fingers to take a scratch off my nose. Realizing my limitations was definitely the most difficult thing that I had to overcome and get used to. After I got paralyzed, though, from the moment I got put on my stretcher, my mom and my sister were there for me. For the hours upon hours that I was in the hospital getting surgery on my spine to even having a glimpse of hope that I would live, my mom and sister were there for me. Guess who was outside the surgery room crying and waiting to see me when I got wheeled out into the room to hug me and tell me that it was going to be all right. You're right. It was my mom and sister. My mom even quit her her job to take care of me so I would never fear being helpless or alone. And that gave me a lot of self-confidence to keep going, knowing that my parents were right by my side. I would have been, it would have been a terrible, difficult journey without them being so positive and helpful when I was at my lowest point. That is terrible for me. It would definitely be frustrating not to, to not be able to move any limbs or muscles. Are there any specific resources that have helped you get through these things that listeners can reach out if they have any of these issues? I would say for anyone who is struggling with HIV or just had HIV in general, should I would suggest looking into Camp Kindle or Project Kindle. This is located in Southern California. And the founder, Eva Payne, had the idea to start this camp for kids who are HIV positive. When I went there, started the summer before my freshman year, I felt so comfortable and I made so many new friends. We did a bunch of fun activities while we also learned about a lot of HIV. Being with kids just like me helped me see my life from a different perspective. What do you suggest for kids that don't have access to transportation? Is there any uh, way, other way that they can do to make it better? I would strongly suggest that kids should try to find at least a few good friends that they can always trust. Knowing you have someone that you can trust and tell things to will help you get through things. And having them, those people is huge. I hope that it this can help kids recover from this life-changing health issue. But what about people with no leg, Jessica? Personally, I felt that just having people to go to really helps. I say this because if I did not have my friends or family, I would not have been able to get through this traumatic experience. Thankfully, they were with me every step of the way, and I made and it made my healing process go by way faster. Another big help was my GoFundMe raiser, which helped me raise enough money for my regular and my running leg. I'm very thankful for so many supporters, and I will never be able to pay them back. I hope that people can find a great group of people that can take them in and help them get through this. I was I was very fortunate. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Tucker. I was very fortunate 
to have the insurance from the NCAA and from the NFL by playing on their field that I could afford some electronics that others could have only dreamed of. It immensely helped me to adjust and recover to some programs for people without this insurance it would be definitely hard to afford some of the different um, equipment and other things that could help them like walking or getting, or even just transportation. Um, it's such a good thing to um, go into a local hospital and having them take x-rays of the spinal cord or whatever caused the injury and seeing if they are qualified for the AAMC program, which they most likely are. What is the AAMC program or whatever you said? Um, it's the AMC, AAMC program, which is dedicated their business to transforming health through medical education, healthcare, medical research, and community collaborations. They help you recover quickly and effectively if you need immense help to get back on your feet if your injury is serious enough, which most of them are. They will then send you to a physical therapy located, location such as Kessler, which they which from there they will perform physical therapy where they massage your muscles and work on the correlation between your nervous system. Some examples of this is that they strap robotic sensors to the lower part of your body, automatically causing your lower body to move while readjusting your spinal cord by allowing you to go to various walks and runs to help you rebuild your strength walking again through AI technology. The technology automatically uh, move your legs for you to help you feel what walking like is again. Um, it also heals the necessary ligaments uh, uh, over various medicines and exercises, hoping to get you close to walking on your own one day. This is truly helpful because it makes you feel like you are walking again. And even more, even even for a split second, I felt personally that I was going to 100% walk again. And I still feel that today using that machine. Sounds like a great way for people to get help they need fast. Anyways, do you guys know of ways that listeners can help make a difference for people who are suffering from this issue? I think that people should really try to focus on being good people, like genuinely good people. Our world is full of terrible people who think it's okay to make others feel awful about themselves. Every day you hear stories of young children who take their own lives because of the things other people say and do to them. I've had very few friends by my side throughout my life. But if all of the world had more people like the friends that were close to me, I think we would be much better off. So I would say to all those listening and anyone watching, when life gets tough, tough just try to stay positive. I 100% agree. And just spending a little bit of time putting something positive into someone's day can mean the world to anyone. While my recovery was tough on me, it hurts others that were trying to help. After they had a chance to make a difference by putting in money or just helping me get my leg, they were all so relieved to see that they helped me. People from everywhere were supporting me, and they all were so helpful. They created a new way that I saw my new life, and they created a way that I could recover quicker. So, yes, I do feel that listeners make a huge difference, but it does depend on what it is. <laughs> Seems like we need a lot of positivity in this world. What is next? Well, for me, it would be huge if everyone would would be positive and just have good things to say about my recovery. This could be such as keep going Eric, or you're doing great. This simple, these simple statements would, uh, would give me the motivation to keep going knowing that people would have my back. The big thing though for listeners to help these people is to treat them normally. When people are struggling with this issue, they don't want to think about this issue more longer than they already are. 
So if you bring up in any conversation, if you bring up any of their disabilities in any conversation, it just makes room for them to recall it and get down on themselves again. Some other methods, such as being specific when asking them, uh, when asking them if they need help or to get anything, or just making them laugh a little, really helps to get in a to get them in a great mood to keep going without having to worry about, without them having to worry about everyday life issues. Oh, that's great! Even more positivity. <laughs> Do any of you guys know of someone who has made a difference in the lives of people suffering? For me, Eva Payne. She is the founder of Camp Kindle. She has impacted me in so many ways. Not only did she become one of my friends, but by starting this camp, I made many new friends and reached a point in my life where I accepted who I was for having HIV. Not only did Eva impact my life, she also impacted the lives of many other people with HIV or AIDS who attended her camp. During the rough patch of my middle school experiences, my mom was also always by my side. Not only was my mom also HIV positive, but she put her all of her attention toward all of her attention and focus towards me. Knowing that I at least had my mother help me get a little bit of faith, helped me have a little bit of faith that things would work out for the best. Sounds like a great person that is helping a great father. Yeah, it does. For me, I do know a few people who have made a huge difference in the lives of other people suffering. One person was my boyfriend, Gavin, that had created a newspaper showing off my journey of my recovery. It was very helpful and the people helping me and it was very helpful for me and the people helping me because it showed them that I was becoming stronger again and that I was following my dreams again. Yeah, that sounds like a real gentleman, Jessica. After my injury, my mom donated to charity by gathering all the clothes that she could find around the house and in our bedrooms that were too small for me to easily put on my body or clothes that we didn't like. And she put them all in the huge garbage bags, about three or four. And then she went to my sister's house and got anything from her that she was willing to give up to a charity donation. After that, she packed everything in her car and drove to Goodwill, where she spent 20 minutes of her time donating clothes and finding a good home for them, while Goodwill sorted them out for future families who didn't have the money to afford clothes when they had to worry about medical bills such as mine. Later, she told me that seeing me struggle was was hard enough and that she couldn't imagine a life for a family without that insurance that they had to afford all of those medical bills, not having even enough money for clothes. She was always in the mood for helping others that had worse situations than she could ever imagine. Wow. She deserves an award. Sounds like mom of the year right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, she's like huge in my life and I don't know what it would be without her. One final question for all of you. I know that all of you have written your own books. Like, what inspired you to guys to write these? There are many things that inspired me to write positive. When I was younger, I often competed in pageants, from beauty pageants to regular pageants. And I remember sitting at the table when the judge was doing the portion of the pageant where they asked me a question picked randomly. The judge asked me, if you were to write a book, what would it be called and why? I remember laughing, knowing exactly how I would answer the question. I told that judge I wanted to name my book Front Page News, which was a joke between me and my mom from when I was younger, because I was in the newspaper for having HIV. I really wanted everyone to be able to hear my story, and I wanted to be comfortable sharing the fact that I had HIV, and help spread positivity or inspiration who could potentially read my book. That's very inspiring, Paige. Yes, very. Well, for me, the reason why I wanted to write my book was because I wanted to show the world, or whoever reads my book, that if you lose an a leg, arm, finger, or anything in that matter, you don't need to get up, give up because it all gets better. It just might take some time, and you'll need to put a lot of effort into healing because in the end, the product of it is so worth it. 
I am so glad that I had people to go to when I needed their help. The things that some people had done, I would never be able to repay them. Now I'm super glad that I was able to share my story with anyone who would like to read it or listen to it. And I am also glad that I was able to give advice to whoever needed it. Yes, and I'm very glad that you all decided to join us. I hope this helps others that are feeling alone and the only ones with amputated legs. What about you? Well, for me, Tucker, I feel like my book was a way to reach out to the world and share my life stories for people who are interested in how I'm going to get through this injury. And also, I got some more support to keep going and getting through what would cause my life to flip upside down. I also created this book to show many issues before and after the injury. And I had to grow up poor, barely able to afford anything that other families could as a, as a result of my father leaving. I'm also, I also love to share my effects of my biggest issues of becoming paralyzed and how I wasn't able to do things on my own, such as throwing a football or simply grabbing something to eat from the pantry. I also like to talk about being cold a lot because I couldn't move my muscles, which produces a lot of my daily body heat. And it was also very hard to breathe since my lungs, since my lungs are supported by my body's muscles. It was also, I also kind of got a little sad because I felt swept. I wasn't able to move my body and do all the great things in the world on my own. It was hard, but getting through these, those moments and being able to connect, inspiring others, it's truly what helped me to create this amazing book by staying positive and encouraging others around me. Yes, and I agree. All of these were very inspirational. Thank you guys for joining us again on another episode of Bad Timing. We really appreciate you guys coming and sharing your stories. You guys have inspired so many people, and I'm very happy that you all are in this world today. Again, thank you for coming in and sharing these. And for all of you watching, we're signing up. And thank you for listening to another episode of Bad Time. We'll see you next time. Wait, I almost forgot. Of the joke of the day. What do you call a fake noodle? An impostor. La, 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 la.